0: really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelylea.com or at thelovelylea on Instagram so we can connect. Become a Patreon supporter to get access to behind the scenes of our guests, freebies, early access to new episodes, discounts on merch, and more. Hello and welcome to another week of spiritual shit. I am so thankful that you're here. I hope you're having an amazing start to your week. We are in February, y'all, and it is happening fast. I am so, so happy that we are out of retrograde. This may be the first retrograde that I have ever felt in my life, like felt this one like I felt in my life. It was rough. So uh, the good thing is, is that as soon as everything went direct, all of a sudden I had all this energy to just get shit done. And it felt really, really good. So the thing that I got done, which I'm super excited about is my meditation album. Eee! So excited. Also super nervous about it because it's it's kind of weird. It's almost like you're debuting singing for the first time, except that I'm not singing, I'm channeling. And so all of the meditations were recorded in one go uh, with no stopping I didn't write anything down. I just like let everything kind of flow and come to me. And there are some particularly powerful ones in there that I'm just like, whoa, I really need to hear that. I need to listen to that. But it's weird to say I need to listen to myself. <laughs> so it sounds egomaniacal. Anyway, uh, so if that is something that interests you, and if you've ever listened to my podcast to help you fall asleep, then head over to com slash shop and purchase it. It is $9.99. I wanted so badly to do pay what you can, but Squarespace doesn't want me to be great. So I was unable to do that as an option and I would have to provide like eight variants and it was really complicated. So we're just going to do this for now as the energy exchange for um, this particular item. Also props to Josh Solar who did all the music He's incredibly talented and just an incredible human. So I just want to like give him a shout out and say thank you. Uh besides that, we have our normal announcements. You know, I think I'm just gonna like put those in the show notes. Uh you already kinda know by this time that I hang out at Patreon a lot. If you wanna see the rest of these episodes, go to patreon.com slash the lovely Aaliyah Additionally, I have my solo episodes over there. And uh last week we talked about discipline and it was so surprising that, that like I wasn't planning on talking about that, but it came to me and it was something that I think I just maybe I channeled, I don't know, but so many people responded and said, Oh gosh, this is something I needed to hear as far as my practice goes and what I need to do. You know, we got to put in the work. We got to put in the work and we can't be mad for results we didn't work for. So there's that. Anyway, and then besides that, we have uh, Manifest Them is going to be on sale starting Friday the 11th. So keep uh, your eye out for that. You're going to get $100 off of our amazing, amazing course. I'm a little bit biased, but those who've already taken it has said that they've gotten really amazing results. So if you are in the process of trying to call partnership into your life, this is a really good way to get started. So I'll say that. Uh, so if you want to check that out, go to manifestthem.com. So today we have Mimi and Chase, Megan and Chase um, from the Medicine Podcast. And they are here to talk to us about their incredible, insane love story and talk about conscious partnership. And, you know, it is, it is rare to sit down with two people and have such a great conversation. I'm so used to doing one-on-one, but they provide such a balanced and also different perspective that is really, really, really unique to see both sides of things from the the traditional inward versus outward directed energies. So um, stay tuned for that. They have some really awesome offerings that are coming up as well. So keep your ear out for those. And then besides that, I just want to say it was really awesome to see loads of you at the trauma workshop yesterday. I did my best to talk about something uh, that's really important to me. Um, And I was really nervous about it because I was like, I'm not someone who's like trauma-informed certified I'm not a psychologist or psychotherapist. Do I really have place to talk about this particular thing? And we took it in the angle of talking about energy and how trauma affects our energy. And so I think it went really well. Um, The participants said it went awesome. So if that's something you want to check out, obviously you can go to patreon.com slash and become a $10 member while that workshop is still up. If not, you can always go to spiritualshitschool.com and get that as well just want to say welcome to all of our new mystery school participants. We, it's such a beautiful group and uh, we've now closed mystery school. So um, it'll be a while before more people can get in, but wow, there was just, I mean, people were able to come in and immediately do some medium readings that they didn't know that they could do. And it was so cool just to see, you know, everybody's eyes light up and like, Understanding or figuring out that they have gifts, I'm just it's I'm I'm baffled by it, and I'm so in love with the community that we've built so far. So, just want to say hey to y'all, and yeah, that's all I've got for today. So, let's get into today's episode right now. Chase and Mimi were childhood sweethearts and married in their early 20s. After three years, they actually separated and divorced, never thinking they would see each other again. They both hit physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual rock bottoms in 2017 and 18. Call it source, the universe, or divine intervention, after three years of intense self-development and personal epiphanies, their new lives crossed paths organically. And six months later, Mimi was officially moving in with Chase to start part two of their relationship. Now, Chase and Mimi host the Medicine Podcast and are passionate about helping people proactively create deep, healthy, and passionate partnerships supported by a healthy and conscious lifestyle. Mimi and Chase also have a -a one-of-a-kind immune supplement called Immune Intel AHCC, which is a cultured mushroom product made from mycelium roots of shiitake. It provides more intelligence for your immune system and supports the entire physiology. Mimi is leading an online women's course called Deep Love starting on 2 20 and enrollment starts today. This is for women who are feeling stuck and stagnant in their relationships and want to bring fresh new tools to create deep and conscious connection on their current or future partner. Please welcome Mimi and Chase to the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Aaliyah Lovely. And today we have Mimi and Chase from The Medicine Podcast. We're so excited to have you guys today to talk about conscious partnership. So say hey to everybody. What's up? What is going on? Everybody? We're excited to be here. Very excited to be here. It's a very attractive group of people we're looking at today. <laughs> <laughs> Those of you who cannot see, I am getting an eyeful right now. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited because this month is February and we are talking about conscious partnership and partnership in general, because so many people are looking for their person. And if you found your person, you might be considering, are they still my person (laughs) and going through the auditing process of what that means and what our expectations and our ideas about relationships are, and what that means for our our own awakening process, what that means for our connection to the divine, what it means for our connection to humanity. So, before we get into all that, and actually, what's funny for you guys, your introduction actually holds a lot of the story um, of why you have why you guys are on the show today. <laughs> and so, uh, before I want to preface this, that you guys, you guys, if you tend to glaze over the. Uh, introductory portion. This is a big part of the interview because their story bar none is one of the craziest that I have heard as far as relationships go. Um, and so I'm really excited for, to hear both of your perspectives on what that looks like.
1: Yeah, we're well. We're excited. Do you want us to jump into our story? Oh,
0: absolutely. All oh, yeah, <laughs> we,
2: we can we can give you the abridged version, <laughs> uh, which ends up being pretty unabridged because we're kind of long-winded suckers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we can we can definitely get into it. I mean, this this goes back to childhood. We were childhood sweethearts, and I'm talking about like 15 years old, where um, Mimi is my first girlfriend, literally my first kiss in high school. Um, we, we grow up together. We're, we're middle-class, you know, American suburb life of the 90s (laughs) and early 2000s. We're, we're playing sports together in our, in our high school days and just like literally having an absolute blast. Literally
1: like like falling in love on the, the away games buses, Uh. like bus rides, (laughs) you know, sitting with each other, flirting, like figuring each other out and and just having a freaking blast together. There, there was
2: no childhood drama at all we just we just were absolute buds who who loved each other I mean we grew up going to the lake together in the summers we're, we're promising our love to each other at like 17 years old under like starry night skies you know it's it's really like you know Dawson's Creek level corny <laughs> childhood romance um but it was real it was very very real and funny enough like some of that energy is, is still very familiar in our relationship now today. And, and we have those types of moments surface often, but, you know, to kind of cruise through that era, we're, we're together for, you know, seven years through high school and through college, we both finish our um, college degrees and decide like so many in the space that we come from, which is conservative Christian, um, very heavy emphasis to get married Mm -hmm. before you live together and before you start your lives. So we follow the script. It it was like, um, I think, I think many have probably heard this, but it's, you know, ring before spring, before your senior year of college, put a ring on her finger before spring, because you're just highly encouraged to get married.
1: And certainly before you live together and before any, any of the sex happens. So yeah, we're, we're part of the, the group of young individuals that sort of gets pushed into and that's all we knew. That's literally brothers and sisters were doing that. Like, that's all we knew. It was normal to us, even though there was some level of resistance, not to marriage, but almost like before we knew it, before we could even speak to it. Yeah. There was this sort of like energetic resistance because we we didn't really have the tools. We just had our deep, real, almost like childlike pure love. That was the only tool that we really had to go off of.
2: Totally. Yeah. It was, it was real love, but it was like, wait, I'm not ready to grow up yet. (laughs) Like I still want to play for a little bit. Um, but with that real emphasis and kind of the cultural conditioning to get married, uh, we did. And that was a part of just literally the way that we behaved through our teens and early twenties was there's a script for success. There's a script for happiness Get good grades, go to a good school, find a significant other that you can marry when you're done, get a good job, make money, buy a house, kids, and so we were following the plan. Mm -hmm. And up to that point, we'd had a, you know, relatively fun life, Mm -hmm. and so there was nothing, even if it was a little bit like not registering in our in our minds, there wasn't enough resistance and discomfort in life to really challenge it. So we just went with the flow.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And so we, we were married for three years and the first year was a lot of just like figuring things out. You know, there weren't any like huge problems. It was, you know, Chase was on the road with his fancy finance job. And I was a dental hygienist working four or five days a week. And so we actually spent much of the first two years of our marriage actually like separate. We were doing long distance marriage basically because Chase was traveling four or five days of the week. So that definitely put a strain on us that we didn't know how to navigate. Like I said, we had zero tools for communication. I will speak for myself in that there were times when I had very real kind of sadness or maybe even like depression type feelings, but I didn't know how to communicate that to him, whether that be, I'm not happy with the current living setup because I never see you. I feel like I'm kind of living by myself. Um, I had my cat, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, and, and also like after you get married, things shift, things change. You get out of your routine. That is, I'm, I'm getting into shape for my wedding pictures and and life doing that currently. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, you know, like a lot of women, if you've been engaged or married, you know, that there is that driving force. that's like, I'm going to look amazing on my wedding day. Mm -hmm. And then you get into real life and some of that strips away. Some of that routine falls away. So I was not happy with what I was seeing on the outside. I didn't feel sexy. I didn't feel desired, you know, all of that. And I didn't know how to communicate that to him. So there was this very small splinter-like wedge that that was forming that I didn't know how to speak to. In my mind, I was just like, I just need to be a better wife. I need to be more supportive. I need to be supportive of his dreams and his journey through his work. Like, I just need to be better. I'm going to bottle it up and I'll be fine. And if anyone has done that in relationship or marriage, you know that it is not benign it becomes malignant sooner or later. And it it certainly did for us. And there was a host of other kind of issues um, between us that we, again, just didn't have the tools to authentically and in a healthy way, communicate to each other. So we were like in our own worlds and it, it, it did not breed conscious love, I will say.
2: Yeah. And although we had this innate ability to, uh, or just this innate connection, this, this childlike, uh, what we've identified now as this almost like multi-life, um, spiritual deep connection. There was so much chaos in the way that we couldn't see it anymore. Um, I, I had this again, follow the script mentality of, I have to accumulate money and success to be worth something. Mm-hmm. Um, it was work nonstop. It was traveling. It was, you know, I got I have clients and I have this corporate credit card and it's, it's alcohol more than I can imagine food more than I can imagine. So we start to see issues show up in our individual and personal lives. And we try to articulate that as like, oh, maybe it's a, maybe it's something to do with our health and wellness. We need to get in better shape. Mm -hmm. So instead of, you know, dealing with the root of a lot of these issues, which were, relationship-based connection-based, you know, having meaning outside of the material world based self-love. Yeah. We start to hyper prioritize our exercise and food uh, rituals and protocols. We both get in what appears to be like physical good shape, but it's done completely incorrectly. It's not done in connection with each other or something larger than ourselves. It's really just done from a how much do I weigh? What do I look like in a mirror type mm-hmm. lens? Mm-hmm. That's just one example of, you know, two or three others. Like, Hey, we're not happy. Maybe we should like try to buy a house. Hey, we're not happy. Maybe we should go, try- on, another
1: vacation. go on
2: another vacation. And these things start to stack up. They stack up, you know, after two years of marriage, pretty significantly mm-hmm. um, to the point that my ultimate solution becomes we need to move. We're, we're up in uh, Seattle, Washington at this point in time. And I've always had this dream of Southern California and we really both have um, addicted to the sunshine and, and desperate to get out of the cold up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really just, I, I know deep down that there's this, these issues. And I think my real solution at that point in time was like, let's move to Southern California. Um, mind you, we have no other connection. Like I, I had really, really distanced myself from uh, the church that we were brought up in. I was at that point, you know, identified as atheist or maybe scientific materialism, um, more inclined to that route, and but but there was no connection of anything greater than ourselves in in the relationship. Um, so we we this is year three of marriage. I, I literally transfer with the the big um, finance firm that I'm working for down to a San Diego, Southern California office, and uh, we all intention plan to move there in 2016. Upon that very. Uh, close time frame of having to move, we have the pretty tough conversation of this isn't working. This is not going to happen. And Megan lets me know that um, she's she's desiring a split or a separation.
1: He's, he's framing it in a very kind way because it sounds
0: he, super kind. I'm like, oh, he God, loves me, I'm but
1: sure. I, I will share some more of the, yeah. the details. Um, And I appreciate that he, he never paints me in a sort of cruel picture, but that's really what it was. I, I came home from a family event and I. I had gotten my family on my side and I was like, I'm not happy. I don't want to be with Chase. He's not even a Christian anymore. Like building up this case against him mm-hmm. so that I could feel supported by my family. Mm-hmm. And it was totally handled the wrong way. And I'm, it's something that I'm really not proud of, but I, I, I have to speak to because that is such a common tactic in relationship is, yeah. you know, getting your gang behind you with that's your friends or your family or whatever. And you're not even able to look at your person in the eyeballs and mm-hmm. share what's actually on your heart. Yeah. And, um, that was, that was, it was a really gross <laughs> time for me. I, I say now that I I, I can look back and it, it almost is like, I'm telling the story of a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, her soul was dusty AF. And I was, completely, <laughs> I was completely separated from any sort of center, from any sort of soul connection to God or whatever you want to call it. And um, I was pretty cold and pretty calculated and just looked him in the eye and said, um, I'm not moving to San Diego. And you, shill, you should still though, I want you to, because if this doesn't end up working out, I don't want you to lose your Career and your wife, hmm. so I sort of was framing it in this like grossly like polite way that's like I'm doing this, you know, I'm like I'm, I'm thinking, right, exactly. Yeah. It's like you need to move down, but really, I just wanted, I wanted distance to figure out. I didn't know it at the time, but I needed to figure out who the f- I was, like who am I even, and and really address a whole storm of problems that were going on in me mm-hmm. and and in my mind at that time the answer the solution was we need to separate we need to be apart because you're not making me happy i'm not happy with you you must be the problem i'm going to separate myself right. and that's kind of how it went down um and uh, and,
2: and to support you and where you were at this was a death by a thousand cuts for her for the feminine mm-hmm. um, i i had transitioned essentially into a full ego And this was, this was from a boy who had a beautiful, gentle spirit into kind of a cold hearted son of a bitch who just wanted to make money, build a legacy. And that definition of legacy was, was very toxic, masculine, and it was never what would be, you know, considered abuse, but it was, uh, intensity. It was an intensity in the home environment, which was again, very, very limited due to the fact that I was traveling and working so much that that intensity did not suggest safety in the home. Mm. It did not suggest there was any opportunity for this sort of like king and queen masculine feminine dynamic that we now know is so crucial to just sacred um, divine relationship. And so with this sort of death by a thousand cuts, it had so changed the, the ideal dynamic between the masculine and the feminine in our, in our marriage that just getting to a place of connection without this major like power off button mm. was going to be significantly more difficult than, than either one of us were ready to, to handle. So in my ego, I literally was like, fine, fuck this. I'm out of here. Um, hurt, but buried immediately into yeah. this, this pivot of, I will work my ass off and show you that this was the worst mistake you've ever made. I packed, I put my stuff in my car and I drove down to San Diego and started my life over.
0: Mm. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So well, the... yeah. yeah. So that was the breather. Yeah. That's part one. That part was part one. one. And let, let's absorb that for a second, because like you guys said so many things that I, I feel like are, are so key to the elements of relationship when we find it breaking down. And uh, what's interesting, you also spoke to the masculine and feminine, which also, we also call uh, inward versus outward directed energy, mm-hmm. but either way, you having this like intensity And that intensity coming home doesn't feel like safety that hits me in the face because (laughs) there is, there is this type of intensity that can come on either side. Like I'm a very quote unquote, masculine outward directed energy woman. And so very much so in my last relationship had to be the, the, the keeper of stuff. This is when that this time thing is, and this is when this thing happens and this is when this visa is done. And so there wasn't for me any safety in the home because of the, the dynamic of the relationship that I had. And so how did I foster that safety for myself as the inward directed energy person? Um, you know, I, I then had to start forcing and marking and controlling and anxious and trying to grab everything that I could. Now that relationship was destined to fail, but in the, the breakdown of it, there was so much that I couldn't put center or word to about what I was feeling and I think a lot of people struggle with that when they're in their relationships and they're seeing there's something wrong here. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm not pretty enough. Maybe I'm not skinny enough. Maybe I have this or that or whatever. Maybe I don't make enough money or maybe I'm not good enough for, maybe I'm not capable. And we make all these kind of reasons out of some of our own insecurities that then become mere projections yes. from our partner and they, oh yeah, picking that up and then, you know, throwing it back at us. And it's like, yeah, monkeys throwing poop at each other. <laughs> we get we get really good. We get really good
1: at telling stories to ourselves, And then that is the, it's a, a, just a loop that goes on in our brain. Like you said perfectly. Um, I was definitely in that storytelling where it was like, oh, He's not ready to jump my bones when he comes home after five days away from me, there must be something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just going to quiet parts of myself. I'm going to dim parts of myself. I must not be what he wants.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When <laughs> the reality is he's dealing with his own feelings and and hurdles and, and stresses that are invisible to me. And so I'm creating almost like, like, How do you think that the world just completely revolves around you like maybe he's going through his own stuff that you don't know about. And so that it adds to the importance of communication, healthy communication, but, but. Authentic, like, hey, here's where I'm at. And that's I feel like we didn't have any of those no. those conversations until it got to this almost like volcano boiling point where I literally couldn't keep it in anymore. And then my calm, cool, normally collected self became this just eruption of emotion, which totally caught you off guard. He was like,
0: yeah. fuck and- you, dude. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And and
2: there was, you know, speaking of tools with just the general ability to be aware of your emotions and your feelings and make choices based on what is coming up for you, um, up against those types of, of feelings and emotions was something that just wasn't even an idea. wasn't even a thought this, this idea on being conscious Mm -hmm. in relationship and, and living life in general. We of course did. You know, Christian premarital counseling, which was literally just like the man is the head of the household and he should be, you know, making decisions and the family should follow. But you should listen to your wife because God put her in your life for a reason. You know, those types of like general relationship yeah. advice. Um, but I, I had no ability to realize and reflect and take the perspective of the viewer as to what was happening in my environment and say, Whoa, that was something just came up for me right there. Was that programming? Was that conditioning for my upbringing? Is that my environment where I'm in this fight or flight, uh, situation that I might make a decision out of reaction that would not be in the best interest of myself or my relationship. Mm-hmm. There was no such thing as that process. It was 100% reaction to conditioning of programming, to my own insecurities, to my lack of connection with anything larger than myself or my ego, and just the subjectivity to stress in the environment, which is something I'm sort of addicted to in life, which is chaos and stress.
0: <laughs> I mean, isn't that why we watch Bravo? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So tell, talk to me about part two. So... I
1: mean, when we got divorced, we made it legal. Um, We never thought we were going to see each other again. We weren't like, you know, like, well, let's stay in touch and let's, you know, check in on each other once in a while. Like there was nothing. It was radio silence crickets for a long time. Mm. And we both go through our physical, mental, spiritual, emotional rock bottoms around 2017, 2018. And I won't go into the host of physical manifestations that were coming up you know it was bad for both of us um and they were these things that were not ignorable anymore and so we slowly in our own ways apart from each other started to chip away at okay i really need to get healthy i need to figure this out what's going on with my body and so we started that process of really diving into holistic health, self-development, spiritual epiphanies,
0: really, truly. Cause you had fitting. physical manifest health manifestations that. Yes. Caused- okay. Got it.
1: Yeah. I yeah. mean, like I got to the point where it's very quickly, like I-, I couldn't digest really any food. My face was blowing up in acne. I had a rash on half of my body for six months. That was completely unexplained. My hair was falling out. Like. Ooh all of it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and I moved to Southern California and worked out twice as hard as I ever had, uh, partied hard, but just leaned into this just constant, um, yang energy of push, push, push. I was, I'm going to be buff, handsome, rich, all that type of just ego that burnout. ultimately I ran into a wall of burnout. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And for me that looked like, you know, what someone could center just full adrenal exhaustion, lost 30 pounds in, in three weeks, um, just serious fatigue, chronic fatigue. And so, yeah, oddly enough, completely independent of each other. These things were happening in complete conjunction with them, with each other.
1: And we know now, like looking back, we've had past life regressions. We've been in this life and others for so long together that like our souls literally have a tie. So we went through these physical, issues and started healing them almost around the same time, stopped drinking almost around the same time and really started to dig into inner work, inner spiritual work and really dive in. Like we grew up in the Christian church. We thought we knew what you know, spirituality and all of that was. But right. for the first time, really asking ourselves, truly, what do I believe and what do I want to believe? What was actually just handed to me by my parents? Do I even believe that? Right. And um, those were really important questions, I think, for us that that um, sort of like shined up our souls in a way that we were starting to finally feel whole in some way. And in that, we both found new careers. I had transitioned from dental hygiene, which I loved. I went into more of the medicinal mushroom space and created this food and started selling it online and started teaching people about the power of mushrooms. And then, similarly, Chase had had stepped away from his finance, uh, you know, big four accounting type, uh, really grinding job to a more startup really fun type of holistic and spiritual, uh, food energy for the first time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I I had found a group of really incredible holistic health oriented individuals in San Diego who'd started a, uh, superfood company called Organifi, which I still work with today. Mm Uh, and they had just started it. I I fell in love with these people and jumped on board very early. Um, little did I know that it would just completely change my life, um, Mm. physically, mentally, spiritually, and, um, I, we had both again, independently found ourselves in this holistic niche health and wellness space only to find commonality, um, after three years, mm-hmm. um, to the point that, you know, it, it started with one day, Megan found out that I was, um, had had a career change and she just gently said, congratulations and, and asked a little bit about the, the gig. That led to just the initiation of conversation for the first time in a long, long time.
1: And we had both gotten to a a place where we kind of had let go of like bitterness, resentment and all of that. And we were genuinely just wishing each other, like, I just want to see you happy. And like, it sucks that everything, the way that everything went down, not proud of it, but I just want to see you doing well in life genuinely.
2: Yeah. So, so to kind of move through this, you know, phase a little bit, this is 2018 timeframe. Uh, we're about two and a half years divorced and we both go home for the holidays, our hometown of Spokane, Washington. And because of so many of these similarities that we now have in our, our lives, we decide to have this like gentle coffee, (laughs) meetup, meetup, check-in, um, which leads to, you know, five hours of just incredible connection and catch up no discussion of really our marriage or any of the issues that took place but just a really uh really beautiful friendship connection which to me at the time was like closure all right yeah i'm over this
1: this is great <laughs> and for me it was i didn't think i didn't come away like oh my gosh i want to get back together with him but i got in my car and just like projectile tears of i can't believe how much i missed his soul in my life And I hadn't let myself feel that because I was the one that initiated all this. Like, you don't get to be sad girlfriend. You did this. (laughs) And that's the story that I was telling myself. You need so, to gaslight
0: yourself there. <laughs>
1: right? Oh, I mean, the things that I've told myself in the past, like, I mean, it's just, it's just wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but really it was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that I could, uh, that I actually missed him this much mm-hmm. because I saw this glimpse at coffee. I saw this glimpse of the man that I did marry, you know, this bright, yeah. shiny sort of boyish charm and inviting personality that was completely different than the person the version that was out there when we got divorced so that was that was the the kickoff in person of like um just being friends
2: yeah and so months go by um we stay in touch again we're talking every every week at least to a, a certain degree and and just out of randomness end up going to the same health conference in anaheim california uh both of us for our our business purposes and we Connect and spend four days together at this conference. Um, The third night of which we find ourselves hanging out in uh, Megan's rental car, like we're back in high school again. Um, Did he
0: jump your bones then?
1: (laughs) Well, it makes it sound like yes, but we literally were just just talking, and then you know emotions started coming out and real feeling, like barriers came down, and I started sharing like what was on my heart and what the state of myself was when, when we separated and what was going on inside of me, I had never told him that Mm. and how far away, you know, how dusty my soul actually got. And there was this really beautiful moment when he just like reached over and grabbed my hand and was, was comforting me. And I was the one that really like initiated this divorce. And it was just this beautiful moment where I could just, I could sense this softness and that he still really cared about me and my happiness and everything. And and, um, and so we were talking in the car for like two hours and crying and everything and really connecting on a deep level, I think deeper than we had ever connected in marriage for sure. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so then we get out of the car to, to hug goodbye and, um, I'll let you,
2: Yeah, I just, I, I mean, it was complete flow. This was not any in some sort of like formulated, you know, acquisition of, of a, a significant other. It was literally just like, I, I grabbed her face and I stared into her eyes, um, just From what I'd learned and felt uh, in in my journey, just looking in through the eyes is no bullshit. There's no lying. If you want to stare into somebody's soul. And for me, what was on my mind was, is she there? Because I'd I'd mourned this marriage, uh, this divorce, like it was a death and had told myself the story that the Megan that I love is dead and I have to get over this. And so I, I having this glimmer of hope that, that this person that I'd been spending time with was was potentially there. I stared into her eyes for, you know, God knows how long and ultimately just felt this draw to kiss her. And so I grabbed her face and I I kissed her mouth <laughs> <laughs> and uh, pulled away and just said, I love you.
1: And I said it back and it just it just flowed. And so we were in Anaheim. And so literally Disneyland is right next door and they do fireworks right. every <laughs> single night. So there was literally fireworks fireworks going on, no (laughs) joke, and this like momentous, beautiful, like universal love moment. And there's literal, literal fireworks. And uh, so it's just kind of funny thing to look back on. But I, man, yeah, that was that was, I mean, the best kiss of my life for sure. (laughs) And I had never had, even him, when we were married, I had never had a man look into my eyes. Like that, and when if you've ever had a man look into your eyes, a truly like conscious, intentional man who's looking intentionally, wanting to see your soul, not not just wanting anything from your body, it's it can be intense. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you know we. We're all like, okay. I want someone that truly sees me. No, I don't. Yes, I do. No, I don't. Yes, I do. And so it's like it is intense. It's almost like hard to keep someone's gaze like that, especially for you have for to be the-
0: vulnerable. Yes.
1: Yeah. And I didn't know what we were, but I just I I soaked it all in, and and um then we parted ways that night, and he went back to San Diego. I went back to Washington state. And then we just started the conversations of like, okay, what is this? What if, and that kind of snowballed into what do we really want? What do we feel in our bodies and our soul when we are not taking in other people's opinions when we're not listening to maybe friends or family members who are worried about us or like, you know, you hear about couples that break up and get back together and break up and it's sort of like kind of toxic situation. Yeah. And so there was a lot of, you know, uh, input from the peanut gallery. And
0: And because we need to make clear here that like people who are listening to this, who have a toxic partner, that they are not getting this as a green light to go back right. to that person. <laughs> um, right. Because the work has been done. So like, yes. you can go ahead with that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah no,
2: that's an that's, uh, incredible point to make. And and we were getting outside influence, especially from the environment that we come from, which was, well, is he a Christian yet? Mm. Oh. It You know, it's these types of criteria uh, or, well, uh, has she asked for forgiveness yet? You know, these types mm. of, These types of things from the environment that we kept saying, like, whoa, 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 let's close, let's close off the noise. Because when I'm staring at you, when I'm talking to you, damn, I can't help but think, if you're not my ex-wife, I am into this like crazy. (laughs) And so we 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 continue to talk and just say, What if? And then it was starts with, why don't you come on down to San Diego for four or five days and let's let's workshop this thing, right? Like it's very masculine approach of (laughs) me to say. Uh, uh, But it was like, let's talk through this. What was so critically important to both of us was that we are different people, and before we entertain um, relationship, which was codependent in part one, how do we create this thing as a collaborative, co-creative where two holes are coming together and creating something more beautiful? So, what is critical is for both of us to sit down and identify. What makes you you now and is a non-negotiable. What makes me me now and is a non-negotiable. And how can we do this in a way that contributes to love to the to this entity that we almost create through a, a relationship in a way that that is going to serve um, who we want to become. And mm-hmm. so we did on Easter Day of 2019. We decided to get back together officially as X. Ex- uh, husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend now. Um, and and Megan flew down to San Diego. We had just an incredible and, and productive and beautiful four to five days and decided we're freaking in this thing. Yeah. This isn't dating. We're back in partnership. It's the real yeah. deal. And I mean, the rest is is history. She moved in shortly thereafter. We went to Burning Man to kick off part two uh, <laughs> and um since then we've we've just been really leaning into our own development of um sacred union of mm-hmm. of just boy and girl like bliss without having to follow kind of the mainstream script of happiness but really redefine that mm-hmm. and check in with that constantly as far as hey is this is this what we want is this bliss
1: mm-hmm. yeah and i i think um giving ourselves the permission to, like he said, not follow the script and be like, hell yeah, this is our life and we're creating it. We are divorced and happily in love. This is, this is our story. And, um, really, truly leaning into, there is no one way, one right way. And we, you know, now are, are passionate about helping other people find that, whatever that looks like for them. So that's kind of where we're at today.
0: Perfect segue, Mimi. You can tell <laughs> she does podcasts. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Because what I want to ask, I mean, first of all, incredible story. And thank you for, for telling it and giving us all of the deets. Um, I just find it to be super beautiful because those of us who have gone through pain and gone through the process of what it looks like to end relationships, whether or not you in, end up with the same person or not, <clears throat> deciding to open your heart again is a whole process and -hmm. to become vulnerable again and to come into a place where you're willing to let yourself be seen and let someone see you. And so I love that illustration when you said he was looking into your eyes. Um, So now for our listeners, what is it that, like the process that you were talking about where you were kind of auditing essentially like your non-negotiables, what does that look like for someone to do very practically to go through, maybe they're, you know, in early stages of a relationship, maybe they've been together for 20 years, but to come together and reset and re-audit what our, our needs are, our wants are, our desires, um, where, we're, where we're headed, that kind of thing. What does that look like to, to build that for someone to be conscious in a relationship?
1: Yeah. um, I think it starts before you even talk about what those values are in your life that are non-negotiables. I think it starts with an approach of healthy communication and devotion to, like Chase said, this organism that is love. I'm not necessarily devoted to Chase but devoted to this thing that we create, this third organism, this higher self-consciousness that we create together, Mm -hmm. devotion to that first and foremost. Um, And so by healthy communication, um, I mean, you know, certain tools that help you. There's, you know, certain phrases that you can share with your partner to really get the point across uh, of your authentic feelings. But a lot of times I think when people hear authentic feelings, it's sort of, they, they interpret it as a permission slip to just unload anything and everything on your oh, partner. Yeah, and, 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 you know, well, that's my truth. That's my authentic self. This is me deal with it. And that sort of doesn't, really work or maybe it does for some people but I think that there is a better way and there are tools and tactics you know that we talk about that we had no idea existed in part one but even you know a simple phrase like the story I'm telling myself is dot 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 is that true You know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's one phrase that really does help get out, you know, your authentic feelings in a way where you're clearly communicating. This could just be a story. I don't know. It could be. And then you give your partner that, um, that freeway (laughs) to potentially save you from your own story. Um, and I think when it comes to values, I think sitting down in a calm and Um, you know, not in heat of the moment state where it's, you know, sometimes we conversations start from conflict Mm -hmm. where you're clearly disagreeing on something and it's like, no, we need to talk about this now. And, and you're sort of like just throwing things verbally at your partner. It's kind of one of those things where you want to fix the roof when the, the sun is shining Mm -hmm. and sitting down together and in a balanced and calm state, talking about, these, um, value systems and what is truly important for your, the creation of your life apart from the relationship. Yeah.
2: I think going back to the audit question, um, something that I realized, uh, in, in our time apart is how codependent the relationship was. And as I looked at relationships in general, uh, Mm. across family and community and, and even just like externally, what you're told is a relationship. It's so codependent right and oddly enough codependency works when there's a deficiency in one party and a deficiency in another and those two deficiencies oddly enough can can like compensate for each other yeah but human beings change we all change pretty significantly over the course of time and as you approach change those those what was once codependent complement is now out of place because human beings change and there's this gaping hole yes. of of inadequacy in the relationship where codependency starts to say, Hey, you were supposed to do that for me. Mm -hmm. And so before any of this, it's a look in the mirror, a look inside yourself that says, am I whole? Am I complete? Is this attraction from my gap or my deficiency? Thus the, the filling of that deficiency will make me complete because if that's the case, and it does require some radical honesty with yourself, you're setting yourself up for either a very challenging growth into what can be a co-creation or the destruction of a relationship or misery. If you decide kind of old school, like a lot of our parents and yeah. older generations just decide to pound their head against the wall and be like, oh, marriage sucks. So you just have to grind through it.
1: That's the way it is. You signed a contract.
0: You're in it. And listen, so for
2: me, it's like, how do you perform that self-evaluation? Yeah.
0: yeah. There. Okay. So you there's, there's so many things I want to say. Um, number one, the codependency topic, the codependency issue. I always, I talk to my clients a lot about this because we talk about energy very much on the show. And what I've noticed in my, my own past is that I would always be so dynamically attracted to the people who had kind of that compliment to the whole, (laughs) if you will. And so if they had similar wounds or areas where I would depend on them versus they would depend on me, it, it would make them so viscerally attractive until I had resolved that part of myself. And then it's like, it didn't feel right. It was wonky. You know, it was like, you're missing a wheel on, on a car or something like that. So What's interesting about that is that in those codependent relationships, that heavy dependence of like you were supposed to make me happy, you Mm -hmm. were supposed to make me feel beautiful, you were supposed to make me feel rich, you were supposed, you know, all those kinds of things. It's like, no, no, no. Like when we really evaluate and come to this place of wholeness, we do all that for ourselves. And we come to the space where we say, this is a wonderful compliment of someone who is headed to the same place that I'm at, but they may not be on the same path. We can run parallel towards each other, but we each have our own path and what we've been taught, at least like I grew up also Christian or whatever is that, that to be equally yoked, you've ever heard that (laughs) phrase, um, that, that you're running in on the same path that you're, you're supposed to be together for everything. You're supposed to be in agreement with everything. You're supposed to be perfect at everything together. And then once you find that disagreement or that thing where they didn't show up for you in the way that, that you thought that they were supposed to be your everything, it's like the fucking world crashes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I think that that this doesn't work. Go ahead. Yeah, right. I, I think that the, the equally or unequally yoked paints this sort of illusion that if, if both of you love God, or both of you are of the same religion, then it's going to work out no matter what, that you're going to be happy. God will bless your marriage because you both love Jesus or because X, Y, Z. And that again, awakened
0: me. Yeah, right. Right.
1: Exactly. It, It fill in the blank, whatever spiritual beliefs you want to say. But if you're not actually doing the heavy lifting sometimes on your own inner world, and really taking inventory and addressing the shadows in you that you don't want to look at and that was really for me going back to our story i i knew that i wasn't ever going i was telling myself that i'm never going to be truly loved or seen by any man because i'm not going to let them ever see these certain parts of me i'll just keep them you know down here shoved in the corner and i'll i'll just live a subpar life existence or love life, and that's okay, I've accepted it. That's what I deserve because of how I handled my marriage or whatever. And we tell ourselves these stories and we decide not to look at this shadow. And we certainly don't want to, you know, like let our partner know about this shadow. And when I had the biggest transformation and, 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 um, change inside me that then reflected on my outer world was when I actually started to look at those things forgive myself, know that I was doing the best that I could with the level of consciousness that I had at that time, thinking that this is what's going to make me happy. Um, I I really started to look at those and and peel layers and look at why, why did that happen? Was it something to do with my family and my programming or religion or, you know, all of these questions. And um, that was when I really saw changes in the external world, the types of people that were being attracted into my life, like Chase. Because I was finally able to look at those parts of myself and, and really try to learn how to love them in some way.
2: Yeah, And I think that so much of what we talk about is sure, we've got tools and we've got ways that can really help a relationship or a partnership. And a lot of times you walk into partnership and relationship and you, you, you need to put work directly on a relationship, but more importantly, and if you have the benefit, especially if you're single or you're by yourself, it's is to start performing these evaluations on, you know, am I whole? Am I full? Am I ready to have real conscious connection, conscious partnership? And so take a look at, you know, for us, it was our health. That was the catalyst to realize that we needed a relationship to exercise and a relationship to food. That wasn't this transactional event. Mm-hmm. It wasn't this punishment in the gym, or it wasn't this I need X amount of calories or macros to get the muscles that I want. It's this long, beautiful relationship that is, that is long-term and satiating and fulfilling when done correctly. It's evaluating how's the relationship with my, my family and, my, and my, my community? Because if you're able to be significantly impacted by you know, the negative feedback from your parents there's a good chance that you're not whole enough to be able to contribute to a really fruitful relationship. So it's evaluating 360 degrees of your lifestyle. That's everything, your connection to to a higher power or some sort of greater meaning to this human experience than just yourself. It's your relationship to food and exercise. It's the way you are passionate about life and work and, and building that muscle of, Long-term sustainability. This is a relationship. This has an ebb and flow, and it's not this transaction for, or hack or shortcut into appearing a particular way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we we definitely like to lean into that before even approaching the the direct medicine, if you will, of the yeah. relationship.
0: That and that's really important. I, I thank you. That's really important just to look at when you look at your life from a holistic standpoint, like all elements, all irons in the fire, you know, like are important. Um, And so what does someone do when they are in a partnership and they've started to audit themselves and they have started to go through this process where they're like, I'm working on my, my spirituality. I'm digging into my shadows. I'm wanting to ask myself these questions, but my partner's not doing the same. And Mm -hmm. now I find that we're not in the same space anymore. Like, is that something that is salvageable, or is that something that they have to then figure out how to get out of?
1: I think, um, I think this. Oftentimes, we get into our snowball of self-development, and we're listening to all the podcasts, and we're reading the books, and we want to go to these live events. And yeah, maybe our partner isn't in fully, or or even interested in the same things. Um, I, I would I would say also that. It's probably for some people because the person who's in the self-development and the sort of awakening process, are they really sharing with their partner in a way that their partner is going to want to hear and also want to be supportive? I think sometimes we get down the path of awakening and spiritual development and everything like that. And. We don't see our partner doing the same and we sort of expect that they should, like they should just pick up on it. They should just pick up on the changes, especially like, I don't know, maybe this is just a female thing, but like I hear from women all the time. Well, he should just know. Mm -hmm. And I think it really starts with crystal clear communication. So a lot of these partnerships that sort of this wedge starts to grow, maybe some of that could be mitigated by in the beginning, crystal clear communication, like when you're having a nice dinner together, like just share, Hey, you know, if you see me, I wanted to share something, you know, that's, that's really important to me. That is, um, I can feel, you know, just things stirring inside of me. And I would love to share with you if that's okay. Like almost like not asking permission, but just getting them involved in the conversation Neutral
0: position. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and when they say, yeah, absolutely. I would love to hear, they don't know what's coming next, but then you can say, Well, you know, I've been reading some of these different books lately or listening to these podcasts, and there's certain things that are just sparking within me. And I I feel this urge to do X, Y, Z, whatever it is for you. Let them in on that part of your life and not in a way of like, you should do this too. You should come with me. You should listen to this. You should do this. That's sort of like shoving it in their face, but more so like illuminating what's going on within you from this really beautiful, loving, uh, standpoint and then asking for their support. Like I would love, you know, your support in this. And, and that can just look like maybe at dinner, if you would, you know, would be interested in, in hearing what I was reading that day, or maybe if just, if I just know that there's this open space, this kind of freedom to talk about what's maybe shifting or changing inside of me that, oh my gosh, I would feel so supported and loved. And it would just ugh, rock my it's world. It's
0: You know, like, um, what is it? John Gottman talks about the, uh, gosh, I'm going to mess it up. Essentially, it's like turn two versus turn away. And if I come to you and I say, oh, my God, look at this Instagram meme or whatever. And you're like, I've seen it already. You know, it's like that's a turn away. And yeah. there's a lot of like funny things that say, like, do you say I've seen it already or do you laugh? <laughs> you
2: yeah, know? Yeah. And sometimes yeah.
0: you just laugh because it's a bit towards the person to say, I'm interested in what you're interested in. But I do think that for a lot of us, because when we do find something exciting, when we find something healing for us, when we find something that's super resonant with us, we immediately understand or feel like we need to have someone on the same page. And it's like, Oh, like, I want you to feel this way too. So we can feel this way together. Cause then we can feel bonded and we feel emotional and it's intimacy and passion. That is ultimately where we want to be. Yeah. But we, we come from a perspective of this. I, I desire belonging. And if I start to explore this other thing, that's outside of our norm or whatever, if those of people who are experiencing spirituality and we're not, and we don't feel like accepted. I think that's where our dry, I say our, I think like a lot of, those who identify as women, at least like a lot of us being like, get on the path, like, (laughs) you know, let's, let's go with this because at least in my, my point of view, we see a lot more women come over there first. Um, and that's not always the case, but in that, like you, you want that belonging, you want to be seen. And I know that at least for our, some of the male counterparts, and maybe you can speak to this chase. Yeah. It's like, I want to figure out my own. Like, I don't want somebody to sell me on anything. I want to, I want to figure it out. And that's,
2: that's a perfect point. Perfectly put because, you know, my two cents on this is we're so set up as, as humans in our culture to be afraid of failure and to be afraid of judging that sort of like, we all want to be seen, but then we sort of don't, we want to be seen in the way that we can curate. Mm -hmm. Um, so to be like, you sometimes like sprinkle, like, Hey, I'm looking into this. Um, but it's so delicate and sprinkled that you're almost setting yourself up for failure from the response from your significant other, because they're maybe they're threatened, you know, guys can be threatened oddly enough by some preoccupation that their their partner has uh with with some other content or some other medium in because they're telling themselves the story that I'm not enough to fulfill the mm. the partner and in the relationship. So, I think in addition to some of the communication um bits that you were talking about full confidence and full embodiment of these things that you're learning to the best degree that is possible will actually draw such an energy from like your partner that they're going to want to be a part of it if they're the partner for you. Give a grace period. There's a grace period of, like, you know, if you come out of the gates pretty hot on a new topic or a new, you know, modality or idea, um, it could come across as like, oh, threatening, like, holy shit, there's something that is fulfilling my significant other that's change. not me. Yeah, mm-hmm. change, holy shit. Um, but if you embody it and it starts to show up as benefits for your wellness for your attitude you're showing up as a greater contributor to this organism that you call the relationship the right partner will see that they'll understand the energetics of it and want to be a part of it if they don't that is a sign you've been in a codependent relationship and that shift is now the gap that Mm -hmm. there's and if there's no willingness to 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 fix that gap that's enough of a sign that there's there probably is a change that needs to take place. There's a grace period and that's going to be different for every single couple and every, every single person in relationship. But if there's, there's not a rally, if you've been embodying what you're trying to articulate as well as communicating properly, there's a grace period. But if not, that is a sign. That is a sign that the change is probably needed.
1: If that's, if that's something that is a a stake in the ground value principle for the person, there's a lot of people that can go on and, and, on their own they're quite independent and they they can do their own thing and they don't necessarily need their partner to be involved or really behind whatever you know whatever they're into as well they can kind of like live their own life but i think a, a, i don't know I, i'm not even going to pretend to know the percentage of people that want this <laughs> i would say a good number of people want that feeling of partnership in life and i certainly do. And, and having that with him is like, it is like nectar from the gods being able to just share whatever's on my heart, knowing that it's going to be met with curiosity, love, and also just like, huh, interesting. That's let's talk about it kind of attitude. Um, even if it's something completely way off or we're watching a weird YouTube video or whatever, it's like, just allowing that safety and, and freedom within a relationship is is really really beautiful.
0: Mm. Safety and freedom in a relationship is everything. Mm-hmm. everything. Um, gosh, I feel like we could talk forever. We are like <laughs> barely scratching the surface here. Um, if you guys want to hear the rest of this podcast, please go to the patreon.com slash the lovely Aaliyah to hear what else they have to say. Um, but before we go, can you please give uh, some insight to some of the offerings that you have coming up this month and also where people can find you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I hang out on Instagram quite a bit. It's, um, at Mimi underscore the medicine And then our medicine podcast also has a page as well.
2: Uh, I'm the Chasen one uh, on Instagram as well. Not crazy active, mostly, mostly (laughs) going through our podcast platform. Um, But uh, yeah, that's where you can find me.
1: And then, um, yeah, I do have a course coming out, launching this month, February 20th. And it's a deep love course meant for women who want to jump into this maybe they're teetering, they're tottering. They want a deeper relationship. They want to know how to really build healthy, deep, conscious, passionate partnership. And so we're going to go deep into that. It's a, it's a live course. So I'll be speaking directly with the group of women and I'm so insanely excited about it. It's going to be epic.
0: You guys, you have so much you can learn from these two. And thank you so much for sharing your story as you did so openly and vulnerably. Guys, if you like this episode, please share it with someone you love. And we will see you over at Patreon, hopefully. But if not, we'll see you in the next one.